You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, uh, Chef Mike Pigeot going to join us in studio. Help you out with your Super Bowl menu straight ahead. Better believe it. Looking forward to that. Uh-huh. Uh, but right now, joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. By the way, your chance really quickly here to qualify for a $500 gift card from our friends at Charm Diamond Centers. Aaron Rodgers will spend four days and four nights at a retreat with no light, complete darkness. What would be the best part and worst part if you had to spend it with your partner? 960, 960 name and location. It's only four hours, George. It's yeah. only four hours short of 100. Yeah. It's only four days. I mean, um, mm. yeah, that would be. Uh, a lot of time. Difficult. Yeah. In pure darkness. Um, Adam Stanley, Sportsnet Golf Analyst, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Adam, how are you, pal? I'm doing uh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate uh, it. Um, I'm, I'm going to let you choose your own adventure here. Do you want to go <laughs> okay. PGA Tour or that fiasco was like the live pump-up stuff we saw yesterday? Which one do uh, you want to do first? I, I thought we were going to go power ranking of Super Bowl snacks, but um, we maybe we'll circle back to that later. Okay, well, uh, let's no, go with Adam, live. sorry, sorry, I got to stop you right there. Now you got to give okay. me your power ranking of Super Bowl snacks. <laughs> <laughs> you, you opened the can uh, of worms. Okay. Now I have to ask. It, you it right really away. is a choose your own adventure. Yeah, it is. There was a third option. It was whatever you wanted. Listen, if you want to spend <laughs> the next fifteen minutes talking about Super Bowl snacks, I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's no problem. We're, if we're going to debate the merits of guacamole versus salsa for the next 12 minutes, then uh, we have, I guess we could do that. Who, yeah. who knows? Uh, <laughs> I think uh, big big pizza guy, we're going pizza over here. Okay. Uh, I would say pizza would top the top my personal power rankings. Uh, then we got to go uh, with the, the scoopable uh, Tostito chips. Yep. yep. Scoops. The I don't know if we can yeah, shout yeah. out brands on here, but uh, those ones are just the elite vessel for yep. uh, for dip. <laughs> yeah. um, and then you know we're going uh, a little bit off the off the board this year. My sister in law is bringing uh, sushi to our Super Bowl watching party. So that remain that's off the board for now. We'll see where it gets installed in the power rankings for next year. Um, but yeah, pizza's number one, and then the uh, Tostito scoops would probably be number two. Okay, now I have to ask you, what are you scooping with the Tostito scoop? Is it chicken wing dip? Like what? What are we doing oh, here? The bu- oh, the buffalo chicken wing dip that yeah, it comes elite. out maybe once a year. Uh, I could never eat it more than once, but uh, yeah, yeah, that would be that would be the play. And then we'll then we'll go guac over over salsa after that. But the okay. buffalo chicken dip, you know the the jug of uh, the jug of hot sauce, <laughs> the uh, the chicken, the cheese on top, and just screaming hot, like absolutely straight from the 500 Fahrenheit broiler right to the <laughs> visage. Just it's uh, it, it's a nice little snack for sure. I like you mentioned the the jug of hot sauce. Like, what are you feeding here? An army? How many people are coming to Adam Stanley's Super Bowl party? <laughs> I mean, we're not talking like the the handle of hot sauce. I guess I I, I misrepresented how much actual hot sauce goes in the buffalo dip. <laughs> All right, Adam. Uh, the the lives golf stuff uh, yeah, yesterday. Oh man, bad. like. Like when Brooks Kepka, I know why Brooks Kepka went there, wanted to get his brother paid too, and over a hundred million dollars is a reason why to go play on the live tour. But do you think during that quote unquote promotional shoot they were doing yesterday, he must have been like, "What the hell are we doing here?" <laughs> he just I, him and, and Dustin Johnson and Louis Ustazen, <laughs> those three guys. After unfortunately watching all those videos, I'm just like. <laughs> How how could you like look yourself in the mirror upon leaving that shoot and think 
this is what it's come down to. This is this is what I do now. Um, yeah, tough tough scene. Um, I, I'm genuinely curious. Like, I mean, there's there's no Canadian events on the schedule. There's no Canadians who are going to go over and, and play live at least for this year for sure. So, you know, am, am I interested in it 100 percent just because it's got the shiny new syndrome? And I'm I'm genuinely curious about how it's all going to unfold this year. Obviously, maybe not as as in depth as I would be in covering the PGA Tour because of the lack of Canadianism, but you look at what they've done and how they've kick-started this, this year and, and the teams and the program. And you just think like, are people actually interested in this? And I'm genuinely curious, like, is this actually going to drive um, people to be motivated to click on the stuff and watch it? Because it just, it seemed very, you know, almost high school computer design project kind of yeah. effort. Like yeah. it just, it didn't, it didn't really seem uh, for a company that has unlimited money, it didn't really seem like they've put in the creative effort that would reflect how much cash they've spent on, on these guys. And, and no argument to DJ or Cam Smith or whomever, like these guys are still some of the best golfers on the planet. You know, if they were installed in this week's field at the Phoenix Open, they would probably be competitive and they'd be right in the mix. And we'd be talking about, you know, them as, as some of the betting favorites. But all of the other stuff, including this new marketing program that they've just launched yesterday, is, is kind of like you can't roll your eyes fast enough and, right. and just are like, what are we doing here, guys? Adam, are you saying that Lou Yu stays in uh, playing an air guitar with his golf club isn't going to bring new fans to live? <laughs> um, I, maybe that was the ticket all along. Maybe that's what yep. golf grow the game effort needed was Lou Yu stays in playing his driver as an air guitar. Maybe yeah. maybe that was what was missing. My favorite part was just Brooks and Bryson doing about 45 seconds of flexing, but hey, whatever yeah. floats your boat. Um, we also found out... Imagine th- getting that direction. Imagine <laughs> yeah. being like, Brooks, Again, pump, pump it a little bit. Again. Yeah. Oh, sorry, the lighting was wrong. Again with the pump. Again. Can yeah. we see it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Show us. Show us the pipes. Uh, revenue. Not very much for Liv. I don't think anybody's really surprised by this. But what was your takeaway from the lawyers coming out and actually saying, yeah, revenue was basically zero last year? Uh, the sky is blue as well. This was not a very shocking uh, revelation, I would say. And, and I think, you know... Not to really defend Liv, but of course, if they're acting like a like a startup, this is kind of what happens in the first year or two, and uh, and then they eventually try to find the product, and and they have a bit more of an established platform, and they sell it. You know, this year, obviously, year two, uh, they're going to be on TV, and they're going to be in a lot of households. We can laugh all we want about you know them being on the CW. Uh, but the CW is in more households in America than the Golf Channel is. It's just it's an over-the-air product, and um, you know there, there's going to be a lot of people that could have the opportunity to watch live on their televisions once it gets started next month. So um, you know that certainly is is a start. Um, you know, do they have some compelling storylines? Probably remains to be seen. Are people tuning in to actually watch the golf? also remains to be seen and then that all just circles back to this as a as a sellable product okay fine they've, they've got the teams they've got the brand uh they've got you know the individuals as well they've, they've got their product on television but are is corporate america is is the global corporate world interested in putting dollars behind this especially considering where the startup dollars have come from that is a big, big question mark, and, and I'm—I don't think anybody has the answer to that. So, what do you think is going to be better to lead into live golf for their three days a week? Gilmore Girls, or um, I don't know, Golden 
Golden Girls? That's the one that we got. Golden Girls. I mean, we're we're a big Gilmore Girls household over mm-hmm. here, so I would say if uh, if those episodes are going to be on on repeat, then that'll probably be the nice lead in for sure. The Seventh Heaven. I don't know. Is that show still on? <laughs> Uh, I don't know if don't they, do think they, it is. Do they do new shows at the CW? It feels like it's just things that have kind of ran their course on other networks. A- Adam, do you just want to see uh, Laura Lee happy? Is that essentially what it is <laughs> yeah. in Gilmore Girls? Yeah. I just give her a break. You yeah, know? okay. She, 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 yeah, you know, she, she, needs, she needs some joy. Okay. Just get some joy in her life. Maybe uh, maybe they can do a cross promo. Maybe they can do one of those specials where uh, yeah. you know Cam Smith comes in, uh, you know, from as the as the Australian. He's he's in town working on uh, working on the roof of the town, uh, house down the street, or something like that. Yeah, it's a pretty good call. Hey, you throw a yeah. cigarette in Cam Smith's mouth, and I don't know how much difference you'd see between a roofer and an old Cam Smith. Fit like a glove. Yeah, it would fit very much like. He would just have to get a leathery face tan. Um, Adam Stanley, Sportsnet golf analyst on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose. Before we do get to the waste management, I just wanted to ask about Ben Silverman, who captured the amateur title alongside Aaron Rodgers at the Pro. Rodgers was sandbagging it, right, Adam? (laughs) That that seems to be what everyone is is saying. I, I I couldn't confirm either way, but whether. It's PGA Tour pros or fellow NFL quarterbacks. Everyone's kind of cheesed at Aaron Rodgers and yeah. his greasy handicap. I guess we'll see next year where yeah. uh, what his number is going to be at. Yeah. yeah, he said he was a 10 but played more like a 3, which is an enormous <laughs> yeah. difference, right? Yeah, because I think Ben Silverman after round one was like plus one on his own ball, but yeah. the squad was like eight under. And it's like, erp, yeah. what happened there? <laughs> yeah, it's all right. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Um, yeah. Adam, uh, when did when did the waste yep. management open turn from like maybe the black sheep of the PGA Tour to now one of the most biggest events that guys want to be at? Yeah, you know it's a it's a great question, and I think as you know as most things in in terms of where we're at in in the golf ecosystem right now, it happened when um, when Tiger kind of stopped playing because Tiger uh, for a long time played Pebble. And then, of course, he played Torrey Pines, the Farmers Insurance, um, which he won eight times. And then he would, you know, take this week off before he would play the Genesis. So Tiger was very rarely in in this field. He, he did play it. Uh, of course, he made the hole in one, the raised the roof, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he had that other year where uh, he hit the ball behind the rock and all the fans moved the rock for him. But then he didn't play it for, you know, a decade, decade and a half. So um, no Tiger, no buzz. But now we kind of see this new generation of guys who have embraced uh, the vibe, embraced the mood, embraced whatever you want to call the craziness of the waste management. Um, this generation ha- has found something fascinating about it and have enjoyed it uh, and, and more and more have become part of this field. So John Rom said it himself yesterday, even without this tournament becoming uh, a designated event, it, it always kind of felt that way, certainly over the last three to five years call it and i think that that's been exciting i mean the golf course is kind of blah um but the the actual event can can stand toe to toe with the super bowl in the same town uh that's saying something for sure yeah has there ever been a better weekend to miss the cut if you're on tour you could just rip it up saturday at, at the waste management and then maybe check out some super bowl festivities Certainly not. I think if you're uh, if you're if you're just outside the cut line and making the turn, uh, and you've got tickets for the for the big game on Sunday, you're you're probably just like 
tapping it along and, and not really thinking too much about it. Adam, what's more impressive that uh, fans at the Waste Management are so annihilated drunk <laughs> that it makes a Ryder Cup look like kindergarten? <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's impressive because some of those folks are there like very early. Like you're doing the 4 a.m., oh, yeah. the 5 a.m. like sprint through uh, the crowd and, and it's dark and, and the first ball's not going to be hit on that tee for another six hours. And then you, you have put in a shift by the time that that, uh, that day wraps <laughs> yeah. up. So, you know, kudos, kudos to them because I think it's, it's one of those things where, you know, they're, they, they've played the long game and um, yeah, they're probably feeling pretty rough uh, the day after, but it, it's still an impressive effort by all of them. That's for sure. Uh, we want to get to what you like uh, on the tournament, but I have to ask you this. I saw it on the, the PGA tour Twitter account yesterday, the guy walking around with a wedge, a spectator. Now we know golf glove guy is just is jarring. We know golf shoes guy is jarring at the event. The rangefinder guy is jarring. But a guy bringing a wedge to an event, what is he trying to accomplish, Adam? Like in case there's a yeah. there's a there's a ball that's hooked his way, he's gonna chip it onto the green for the guy. Like how does yeah, he even I... get into the event holding a wedge? How does that even happen? That's a that's a curious question because it's not like. Uh... It's not like a guy who's taken a glove into the uh, into a major league baseball stadium just in case a foul ball comes his way. Yeah, um, I, we, we don't have that in golf. It's not like if he gets a stray uh, a stray drive over his way, he's going to be able to hit a nifty half wedge spinner back yeah. onto the fairway. Like it's, yeah, it's, it, 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 that I don't know. That that's a that's a question in need of answering because I am genuinely curious about how uh, somebody stuck that in. Got to get. I, I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> Got to get the face signed by somebody. That yeah, would be my like only I, thing. Like he was walking around with a wedge. I just, I don't know what the guy was trying <laughs> to do. Just so we can do his golf stance. Like, so he yeah. can do the lean, I right? guess. Yeah. So weird. He's, maybe he's trying to keep everyone three feet away from him. You know, all these drunkards. He's just like, no, please step back. Step away. I've got my, I've got my protective, uh, <laughs> my protective club here. What do we know about the uh, Canadian field for the Waste Management Open? You know, it's uh, it's going to be solid. And I think that the interesting thing from a Canadian perspective is that, you know, Adam Hadwin and Nick Taylor live, you know, not 15 minutes away from the golf course. They, they play, uh, you know, out of that golf course. Um, they're very familiar with that golf course. Um, so, you know, they, they're obviously, I would say, in terms of kind of home, home comfort kind of thing, they, they've probably got the... Um, the advantage in terms of uh, everyone else. Corey Connors is back in action. He hasn't played in a couple of weeks. Um, Taylor Pendrith teeing it up this week as well. He's coming in after a, a tie for seventh uh, at the AT&T at Pebble Beach last week. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes is in the field as well. But um, shout out to Taylor Pendrith because mm-hmm. he shot a eight under 64 yeah. in that final round at Pebble. I think it was only like the, the second or third lowest final round of all time at that tournament. Uh, and then he, he finished on Sunday uh, and then everyone else kind of had to come back on Monday. Some guys struggled uh, and Taylor in the house already in Phoenix just saw uh, himself climb up and up the leaderboard until he notched the top 10. So um, that's, if you're going to do it that way, earn, earn uh, $300,000, you might as well do it sitting on your couch. So uh, he's feeling very good this week. Um, I was texting him a little bit the other day um, and yeah, he might be a, a sneaky long shot for this week just because of, you know, the momentum mm. um, and his game is, his game is kind of built for this golf course too. You got to be long off the tee uh, and you got to put it well. Um, it's not really a ball strikers golf course uh, and Taylor's got both of those things plus momentum. So, you know, maybe worth a, worth a sprinkle for, 
to the folks who enjoy doing that sort of thing. What, what would be, uh, before I let you go, what would be Adam Stanley's chance of hitting the green on 16 with like 25,000 fans looking, watching you hit a golf See, that, that That's the key. That's the key question. Is that part of it? Because the actual hole itself is like 130 yards. You know, it's a nine iron or pitching wedge, depending on the day. It's not that hard, but everyone else like looking at you and the noise and the, you know, just the rambunctiousness of the whole scene. You know, I'm going to put my percentage at maybe, one one out of twenty could I maybe hit the green okay, because so, of everyone else. That's okay, so me. so which one's tougher? Uh the island green at TPC seventeen or sixteen mm. at TPC Scottsdale. Which one's harder to hit? Uh with like with fans? Yeah, the, the way they're set up, the, tournament style. The yeah. <laughs> okay, so if it was like Thursday morning and I'm gonna go hit either the seventeenth at TPC Sawgrass or the sixteenth at waste management, I think waste management I think that one would be harder harder yeah. to hit for sure. Awesome. Uh, Adam Stanley, uh, Sportsnet golf analyst, uh, pizza connoisseur, um, guacamole over salsa. He's going to dip into some sushi for the Super Bowl. Uh, our next guest is a chef. He's going to help us out with Super Bowl menu. So maybe you should just tune in on the Sportsnet app, Adam, while, while you're not doing it. I'm going to see what he said. Now yeah. I'm worried he's going to like absolutely carve my tape, but uh, we'll see. Uh, well, yes, chef. We'll ask him about sushi. Yeah, we will absolutely yeah. ask him about we sushi. Do. Yeah, absolutely. Adam Stanley, a Sportsnet golf analyst. Thanks for this, pal. Enjoy the golf this weekend. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. There's Talk Adam Stanley on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery, 403-248-3344. All right, straight ahead. Chef Mike Pigeot, managing partner and executive chef at Pat and Betty in studio, going to give you some tips on your Super Bowl menu, going to help you out how to prepare things properly and some secrets on how to get things done to just take your Super Bowl Whoa. party to a next level. And we're still it. taking your text messages, 960-960, qualify you for a $500 gift card to Charm Diamond Centers. Aaron Rodgers will spend four days and four nights out of retreat with zero light, complete darkness. What would be the best part and the worst part if you had to spend that with your partner, 960, 960, name and location. We'll do that later on in the show. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at 4 or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Downtown studio straight ahead Sportsnet's Arash Madani from Super Bowl 57. He'll join us talk about the Eagles and the Chiefs. We'll get his opinion too on the Bo Bichette three-year deal. And then later on at 830, Ryan Pike, you hear him on Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg too, Flames mm-hmm. analyst. Yes, sir. Wrote a piece yesterday about the new arena and an update on the new arena situation, which again, hmm? like it's, it's optimistic. Yeah. There's 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 reason for optimism, sure, but until we see a shovel in the ground, yeah, I'm, I remain pessimistic about this topic. And, and there's a preferred location, uh-huh. apparently by the team and the city, which hasn't changed, right? So we'll talk to Ryan Pike about that, and we'll talk about uh, tomorrow night's game uh, in Detroit against the Red Wings. But it is Super Bowl Sunday on Sunday, obviously the biggest sporting event on the calendar and a lot of people get together, especially now post COVID. Well, it's not 
officially over yet, but now we're back to be more normalcy. People are coming over, we're having post. parties. Yeah, yeah and Alberta doesn't exist, so it's yeah. fine. So Chef uh, Mike Pigeot, uh, Managing Partner, Executive Chef at Pat and Betty, joining us here in studio to help you out. With your Super Bowl menu. Chef Mike, thanks for this. How are hey, you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. How are you guys? Uh, we're good. So um, what is on your Super Bowl menu before we dive into like tips to help people out with their Super Bowl menu to kind of wow their friends and family when they're over? What's on Chef Mike's Super Bowl menu come Sunday? Oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a staple guy. I'm, I'm wings every time. Nachos. Okay. Nachos mm-hmm. are sauced up and fully loaded, and yeah, that's the only way to go. All right. So yeah. when you do wings at home... And again, do you do them to somebody else? Like, do you are you fanatical about this that you have to do them? Oh, because uh, if you're coming over to Chef Mike's house, I'm anticipating I'm going to get a good chicken wing. So you know the pressure's on, right? Hundred uh, percent. For me, I'm doing it at home if I'm cooking at home. I'm not going. I'm not cooking at home this year. I'm going out. So okay, uh, we're mixing it up. But at home, I'm like brining that chicken wing. Uh, I'm either baking it in the oven or frying it with the actual deep fryer. Uh, but lots of tips to do it at home for anyone. Okay, so yeah. like what? Like a big deep fryer? Like do it in the garage? No, no, like I, what's I, your I got a little table side one. So okay. It's, it's, it's convenient. Mm. It's like a two liter, but it does the trick. Okay. Yeah. So w- which one is better to do if you're doing baking or deep frying? Deep frying, 100%. And do you bake the wings first before you deep fry no, them? No. Because that dries them out yeah, too much, yeah, right? Yeah, I'll brine, I'll brine them, so let them hang out in the fridge. Okay, so so what does that mean? Sorry, to, so, so, so morons like me who doesn't know what that means. <laughs> Brine's so, like... Yeah. Uh, if you're taking like a liter of water, you're looking for like 10% sugar, 10% salt kind of content in there. Yeah. Let it hang out for four or five hours. You're ready to go. Take them out, strain them, and then they're ready to fry. So you you essentially marinate them yeah. in that. Yeah. Okay. Do you prefer a, a saucy wing or a dry rub wing? Uh, I like both. For me, I'm like, I just, I'm a diehard classic hot, hot wing guy. So mm, I want okay. like hot wing with ranch and blue cheese and that's, that's the go-to. Okay. So yeah. uh, again, see that there's a great tip mm-hmm. about if you want to do wings at home, bake them or fry them, but make sure you kind of marinate them. So yeah. how long was that? Four to five hours? Yeah, four to five hours in that brine mix and it, you're good to go. If you, if you reduce the salt and sugar, you can do it over like a day or two and have it ready, ready to go. So go to the grocery store tomorrow, get set up for the weekend. You're, you're, you're banging, you're ready. Okay, so 10% sugar, 10% salt. Yeah. Okay, see, these are great tips to have for wings. I never would have known that. That's why you're here. Is there a preference that you look for when you're picking out your chicken in particular? Is there anything that you're watching for? I'm looking for the, those big wings. I don't want like the little <laughs> tiny guys. Like when you go to the store, find like the biggest ones you can. So right. like uh, for me, I'm going to like I'm not going to go get the the discount bundle. I'm going to grab <laughs> the ones that are, are big and meaty and then can absorb that brine. Those little ones are going to dry out from the brine as well. So you, you want to find those big ones so they're ready to go. Um. So ideally, what what what's the cooking time on on a on a deep fried wing there? If like you're seven using... minutes, seven to nine minutes. Okay. Yeah. And baking wise, baking you're looking at like fifteen to eighteen minutes, kind of thing. Okay, yeah. and it's just a preference, yeah, right? Preference. Yeah, you want to be a little healthier. You have that baked wing, <laughs> right? <laughs> you want um, that extra crispy, delicious one. You're going for the the deep fry. Wow, so, that's a tough sell, right yeah. there. Yeah. So <laughs> our listeners who have like an air fryer, oh, what do the, you do with that with the, the chicken wings? This is the hack. Honestly, I would <laughs> buy a wing from a restaurant and be like, uh, you can you can hit up places like Home and Away, uh, Central Taps, get them from there delivered. Ask for sauce on the side, and then when you have them at home. Get them for the delivery, throw them back in the air fryer for three or four minutes. They're hot, crispy, ready to go. You get that restaurant mm. thing without doing it at home, and then you sauce it yourself, and they're they're ready for game day. See, that's a but nice but if you don't do there. that, if you don't do that, and you want to do them in the air fryer, same thing. Yeah, you're about you marinate them. You can marinate them for sure. Strain them off, and then throw them in there. You, you can either uh, 
do a little flour coating on them or just do them straight up as is. Throw them in the air fryer. You're probably looking at 12 minutes, like 380, 375, and it's good to go. I love the air fryer. It's it's the hack to warm up any takeout food, uh, do any of those sort of things at home and and, and give that, that texture that you want. Let's replace the microwave for you. Yeah, definitely. The microwave does not exist anymore. The air fryer does it all. Warm up pizza in there, everything. It's, it's delicious. You're you know? talking a lot about warm up. Do you like actually make stuff in your air fryer too? Oh, uh, once in a while. I'll do like, like chicken tenders or like yeah. chicken parm in there. Uh, but we're playing mm. around with it for sure. I'm, I'm definitely want to do some more recipes for people out of, out of the air fryer. I think it's super versatile. All right. Well, speaking of versatile snack, the nacho is definitely versatile. Oh. And again, you, you mentioned nachos, and that's a staple at a lot of Super Bowl parties. If I'm going to make my own nachos at home, what are some of the things I should do? Take me through step-by-step step to make a delicious plate of nachos or lots of nachos for my guests on Sunday. Nacho, 100%. The flat sheet pan. Layer those chips out so they're flat. They get lots of surface area. No no double layers, anything like that. What kind of chips do they buy? Like, obviously, making chips is, is, is a lot of work, especially yeah. if you have a deep fryer, and I understand that. But if you go, what kind of chips do they go buy if they don't want to necessarily make I'm looking for own? those big corn tortillas, like the ones that are... Good size, like mm-hmm. yeah, three inches or so, and then they got good surface area. They're ready to go. Not too flimsy, like some of the Tostito ones and other stuff are a little flimsy. So you want to find one that has a little bit more structure to it. Right. Get that all layered out, and then for me, I'm basically matching the amount of cheese to the amount of chips. So cover the whole thing, have it in there, throw it in the oven, bake it. Same thing, like 350 for 15 minutes or so till that cheese is melty. A little bit of color on it. Uh, but my hack with it is making a cheese sauce to dump over top. Mm, so okay. you get the you get the double of it all, and it stays melty. So you're not getting like that like congealed cheese at any point. You right. just pull it, and you have that sauce on it all the time. And then I layer it with everything. I put like spicy jalapenos on there, diced tomatoes, mm. uh, pickled red onion, cilantro, tons of cilantro, uh, and just go all out on it. So w- what's in that cheese sauce that you're putting on top? Cheese sauce is super simple. I'm making making like a, a roux base, so like some onion butter. Cook that down. Add a little bit of flour in there. Adding some cream. And then melt and cheese in there, and then you can add some spice in there. I'll usually add like either like a, some hot sauce, or I'll add like tajin spice, or go in that direction, so you get a little bit of balance to it. You're essentially making that gooey, I'm using air quotes, cheese that you'll get at a, a rink or a movie theater 100%. or something like Gour- that. Gourmet space cheese. Gourmet space cheese. Yeah, I and, like and, the sound and, of that. And yeah. for the protein, if you want to throw on some chicken, some beef, some pulled pork, did you go that route? Uh, Where do you put it on? How do you layer that? I'm, in I'm big on like the ground beef, like uh, saute it all up. Same thing, spice spice on there. You can you can even go the old El Paso route and put that like spice package on there. That nostalgia is always good. Or make your own, put some cumin, coriander, chili powder, spice it up as much as you want and go that direction too. Sour cream, salsa, guac, all three? All, all three. Yeah, no goofing around. Yeah. I like the, totally the pico is more the direction. I don't I'll use the jarred one. But mm. the, fre- the fresh pico, just a super simple, diced tomato, diced onion, a little bit of jalapeno in there, lime, cilantro, hot sauce, ready to go. Oh, See, uh, I love it. My uh, mouth is starting to water. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> chef Mike Pijo, managing partner, and executive chef at Pat and Betty, joining us in studio here, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. All right, so uh, Kansas City's in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs, known for ribs. Now, ribs is something that a lot of people obsess over. Uh, they like it fall off the bone. They like it as tender as possible. Take me through the steps, Chef Mike, on how to properly do some ribs and wow your friends. Because I know you can get the ones that are kind of pre-made on the shelf and you just chuck them in the oven. Yeah. But if I want to do ribs the right way, how do I approach that? Oh, man, this one this one's a, a labor-intensive piece of love for sure. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm, like, I'm getting that uh, big St. Louis-style rack. 
uh, pulling the membrane off the bottom, so you'll see this little like white film kind of on the bottom there. Right. You got to get it that uh, one end, and you can pull it kind of. Why straight Saint? Up one. I know Saint for people don't oh, like again. I, I'm just guessing. I know that uh, baby back ribs are leaner than Saint Louis style. Yeah. So why Saint Louis style? I like the fat in that. I want that fat content mm. for okay. sure. Yeah, you get all that flavor out of that. So pull the membrane off, which is key. Right, yeah, you 100%. have to pull the membrane. Uh, I'll, I'll rinse the rib, and then I'll just cover it with a little bit of salt on both sides. I'll let it sit in my fridge and dry out a little bit. And then, as how long that, would you let it sit in your fridge? Uh, two, two hours, three hours. Okay. Uh, let it hang out, not overly seasoned, just like a little bit of salt on both sides. And then I'll make a little, uh, little broth of like beef stock or chicken stock. You can use either one. Uh, a little bit of spice in there. So I'll do like onions, tomato. Mm. Uh, maybe throw your favorite barbecue sauce in there if that's your vibe. Uh, some some herbs. So I'll like throw like rosemary, thyme, a little bit of aromatics in there as well. Some bay leaf, peppercorns, all that. Bring that to a boil. I'm going to throw my ribs into a baking pan that's uh, thick enough that you can cover it with liquid. Throw it mm. over there, tin foil. Throw it in the oven at like 300 for anywhere from the two to three hours till they're kind of baked, like fall apart. Uh, you want it with that salt's going to kind of hold it together so it doesn't really like break right as you pull it out. Have it like that, pull it out, uh, let it sit and cool in the liquid. So that's the trick. It'll cool in the liquid and then pull it out once the liquid's cooled down. Um, do you put liquid smoke in the liquid? Like what are you putting in the liquid? Uh, for liquid, uh, I'm looking at. Uh, water, uh, chicken stock, just to kind of, the water's just topping it up, but more, more chicken stock or beef stock in there. Right. Uh, some barbecue sauce. Uh, I'll put, uh, onion in there, tomato, a little bit of celery, carrot, uh, rosemary, thyme, uh, bay leaf, and then like whatever kind of seasoning blend that you, you kind of gravitate towards have that. And then I'm covering that to bake it. So, uh, lots of aromatics in there to take on all that flavor. Then once it cools, I'll take those ribs out, uh, cut them up into like individual segments or pieces brush them all and then I either either throw them on the grill afterwards or you can just throw them in your oven and bake them again so they get that glaze kind of cooked onto the top of it. How long are you throwing them on the grill for or baking just, them? Just give them the, the grill marks on both sides so it's ready to go. Um, Sauce-wise, uh, am I just going to buy uh, something off the shelf or do I do I get really hardcore and try to make my own barbecue sauce? I don't think making barbecue sauce is that hard. No, it's not. You're looking at like it's, it's ketchup. Uh, you're looking at some vinegar in there, molasses, maple syrup, uh, Spice it up as much as you want. I, I'm, I like mine a little bit more on the spicy side. Uh, some tomato paste in there, uh, but pretty easy. Just put it all together, a little bit of vinegar, bake it or throw it in a saucepan, cook it down so it's nice and thick, and then uh, glazing that over top of the ribs. I mm. uh, got, got a question on the text line too here. Uh, they're popping in here, um, Chef Mike. If you're smoking the ribs on a smoker, how long should you smoke them for? Oh, that one's a, that's that's a broad question for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, for for me, I, I I'm not, honestly not a smoking expert by any means, but uh, for me, I'm looking at that really low temp for anywhere from six to eight hours is kind of the the go to from uh, my barbecue friends when I'm seeing them and having some delicious ribs for sure. I have a question because barbecue sauces vary all over the U.S. Yeah. Do you have a, a a favorite region or a favorite style that you prefer? Uh, I'm 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 more like the whiskey bourbon kind of style yeah. barbecue mm. sauce. Uh, I like I like it on like the sweeter side, but I'll, I'll add a little heat to it as well i also just love carolina mustard sauce that's like that's mm, okay yeah i'm a blue ridge smoky guy myself nice, oh nice, a little nice. sweet little smoky yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh, i definitely I like, like that i like the sweet with the spice a little oh yeah okay um <laughs> again uh somebody texting into uh candied jalapenos are a game changer oh 100 those on those nachos those on top of wings yeah, you're, mm. you're laughing. I like oh, that. Like, I, like, I that. like how your face yeah. lit up there, yeah. Chef yeah. Mike. Um, <laughs> it is the big show, Ruskin Rose. Uh, Chef Mike Pijo joining us in studio, helping you out with your Super Bowl menu. All right, so this is uh, this is something that I'm sure a lot of people around the planet are going to try because the Philadelphia Eagles are in the Super Bowl. The Philly cheesesteak. Uh, our hockey insider, Frank Saravalli, joins us every Thursday morning. He's from Philadelphia. I asked him about Cheese Whiz 
last week on the Philly cheesesteak. He says, no, no, no. Uh, melted American cheese instead of the cheese whiz. And he says the only thing you should put on a true Philly cheesesteak is the meat, the cheese, and caramelized onions. That's it. What say you, Chef Mike? Uh, honestly, when I was when I was in Philly, like very very similar. I was trying to figure out what the cheese sauce was. I, I like the American cheese sauce style for sure. They don't really tell you when you're there. It's it's a secret. It's in a blank <laughs> blank metal can. They're scooping it out. Uh, but that cheese sauce at home, if you're making that the American style, uh, we use the same thing for Peter's Burger Club that as well. But it's that American cheese, some cream, and you're just slowly melting that down, and then you can add hit it with any spice or anything you want. But that's gonna give you a really creamy, nice texture that'll go over that cheesesteak. Uh, I like the bomba peppers on a cheesesteak though. So okay, uh, the spicy like Italian peppers on top of it. I sure, think that, I think that's a game changer. Uh, meat wise, uh, what are you doing? How are you preparing that? Because it has to be diced up, Philly cheesesteak style. Yeah, so I, I think the the slicer at home is is a big one. In that <laughs> nice and nice and thin, or have that really sharp knife and be able to do it. Uh, but yeah, you're ro- roasting it off, making sure there's lots of moisture in there and ready to go and uh take the nice like sirloin cut or anything and have that have that cooked down but uh definitely definitely treat it with care get that medium rare on it and then you're able to sear it off and it's not overcooked and not dry for your guests and uh you're, you're feeling good straight hoagie or what, what what's the best way to go on a bun there i think ho- i think a hoagie for sure you want that soft texture you want everything to kind of like glue together and nice steam, yeah. steam finish even wrap, wrap it up for your guests put in some tin foil so it stays nice and hot have that cheese in there easy to eat you're not spilling all over yourself you're mm-hmm. good, to, good to go I'm always fascinated by chefs' kitchens at home. Like, do people come over and they're surprised at maybe the stuff that you might have at home compared to what maybe a, a, a civilian like myself would have? <laughs> Sometimes, for sure. I think uh, my my one for me, like, I can never, I can't cook on a non gas range. Sure. I'm, I'm like, this doesn't sound um, like it's chef like, Mike, like it's too hard. environmentally deadly apparently <laughs> in the United States. Um, How dare you kill the environment? But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> the gas range, just like the speed of cooking on that, is uh, that, that changes it all. Okay. Uh, my, my thing, though, I'll, I'll, I'll cater for some clients once in a while. And I'm always impressed when I see like a grill or like a flat top griddle on someone's stove at home. Yeah. So I'm like, mm, what are you serious? Do? Like, this is serious. Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm, I'm impressed. But I don't have that at home, but. Uh, I'm always I always admire that for sure. Uh, it's on the list, uh, Chef Mike. Uh, people at the Super Bowl too are uh, definitely uh, they're fanatical about their dips. I know a chicken wing dip is a very popular uh, item uh, during the Super Bowl. Uh, is there any suggestions for dips out there? What people can potentially do? I know our last guest Adam Stanley. Uh, he likes the Tostito. That's got the little uh, vessel to scoop the, oh, yeah. everything else. The, give give the us scoops. some give us some advice on some dip. Primarily, I know a lot of people like the chicken wing dip. Is that a big thing here in Alberta, Maddie? Chicken wing dip? Uh, well, like dipping your chicken wings is a big thing, and like no, dipping no, no. chips into like a chicken dip. Yeah, sure. People yeah, okay. do that. Chicken yeah, wing yeah, yeah. dip. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not dipping chicken, chicken wing dip. That that implies that it's a dip for a chicken wing. <laughs> no, it's no. it's it's uh it's a dip that's like got like cheese and blue cheese and pieces of like chicken in it that's a chicken wing dip right chef I've, I've only ever had that once before wow okay yeah I guess, I, I guess i'm the no, no, no. out of you guys <laughs> it, it was, right? it was, that's more of an eastern side of the country it was delicious thing. though and i think it's super easy to make yeah like you're like you're taking a whole you can even like take a rotisserie chicken from safeway and rip it up and have that pop yeah. it up throw it in there it's like cream cheese there blue cheese some hot sauce all in there yeah sure. uh, throw some parsley Put that all in like a casserole dish and bake it in the oven. Then they have the scoops. You're good to go. Okay, so if they don't want to go down the chicken wing dip foray, yeah. um, what what's an easy dip that somebody can make that's not really store bought that can kind of wow their guests? Mm. I, I'm I'm a big fan of artichoke dip. Oh yeah, yeah. And so for me, like super easy, same thing. You're cutting up uh, some canned artichokes, uh, onion, cooking that, sautéing that up, uh, throwing in some cream in there, some cream cheese. 
uh, some cheddar maybe, uh, Parmesan, have that, just cook it all down, and then uh, serve that on the side with some some great bread or tortillas or anything you're, you're ready. Yeah, with a nice little ciabatta or something 100%. on the side. Yeah, Toast that up, too. A little crostini. Yeah. yeah I, I'm, really I'm a big fan of that. Uh, when you, you mentioned that dip, like what other types of maybe – like the chicken dip is there. We mentioned the chicken buffalo. Is there anything else that you kind of look for? I like the just the the straight up like a caramelized onion dip. Mm, so, okay, yeah, like the French onion dip. Uh, so you're just cooking down onions till they're they're caramelized and brown. Lots of sweetness to it, and then kind of the same mix: mayo, sour cream, cream cheese, whipping that up. Uh, and it always is great and super, super simple to make. Um, beverage wise, uh, if you want to pair your ribs, I know, and it's not that important at the Super Bowl because my friends don't care about pairing anything. They just care about really getting after yeah, it. As long and as I, can... and I'm the knucklehead who stays completely sober because I want to watch the game and then I have to talk about it yeah. the next day while my friends all around me are getting like blackout drunk. <laughs> but when you're pairing something, let's say you're having the ribs, is it a type of beer? Is it a type of wine? What are you doing pairing food wise? If you're having a dip, if you're having some ribs if you're having a Philly cheesesteak. I think uh, like Super Bowl is like the prep that you can kind of go any any direction with it. Uh, for me, I'm looking at like having nachos. I want like a margarita, uh, mm. maybe, maybe a mezcal rita, a little bit of smoke Ooh. to it. Have that with the nachos. Uh, for chicken wings, like a beer, nice like champagne beer, maybe a Miller High Life okay, uh, with, wow. with, 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 a, with a buffalo wing. I'm, I'm, I'm down for that always. Uh, and then for ribs, like ribs are the most dynamic for sure. You can have like a, a mint julep on the side, depending on what you're what you're going with. Yum. Maybe a bourbon coke if you want to go on the simple mm. side, or or go on the red wine side, and you can you can elevate that for sure. Have a nice nice uh, little Barolo or uh, <laughs> uh, uh, white burgundy, uh, anything like that. You I'm gonna go a different direction if you want to want to have a little bit more depth to it. Show up to the Super Bowl party with a nice Barolo, yeah. and be mad when there's nothing that I can pair it with. 100%. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm getting a lot of heat on the text line over the, the chicken wing dip. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't understand why you say wing. Like, it's a chicken dip, but you say chicken wing dip, but you don't dip chicken wings in it. Okay. You dip chips in it, don't you? I'm just you? saying. Like, I, that's just... It's a buffalo chicken dip, George. Okay. It's... Lots of you. <laughs> Again, I'm, I'm learning these things. I, I did gotta a, go back to Toronto, George. <laughs> after that, okay, all right. Back a little bit. We had uh, we had our golf guest on Adam Stanley, and he's having sushi at his Super Bowl mm, party. What do you think about that? What do you think about Interesting. that? Interesting. Interesting. Does he want to get his guests violently ill if he's doing it at home or not? Yeah, I'm, I'm scared for how many how many drinks those people are going to have and then the re- repercussions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll... so let's say you wanted to do sushi real quick like Adam <laughs> yeah. Stanley is. What are some of the do's and don'ts? Is it like the Simpsons episode? Good fish, good fish, poison fish? Uh, I'd say that you want you want, yeah. you want you want that high quality for sure. Maybe think about your pairing. Uh, yeah, like have some sake, have some light beer, pace yourself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not crushing cocktails and eating sushi. That's that's a danger danger zone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can tell uh, you're not really into the sushi for I, the Super I, Bowl. I love sushi, but uh, I think Super Bowl is a time for that uh, that over indulgent decadence of yeah. of bar food. I kind of want to grease it up and put away one too many drinks and and call her a day. Yeah, that's yeah. the Super Bowl vibes. One hundred percent. Real quick too, before I let you go, and this has been very enlightening uh, for us, uh, dessert wise. Uh, again, if you have a little bit of sweet tooth at the Super Bowl, is there anything you suggest? Oh man, like warm brownies, oh, okay. a little ice cream on top of it at the end of the, the end of the time. Why, why, why not? Maybe maybe if you're feeling feeling fancy, do like a Sunday bar. Go for it. Oh, oh, but, uh, my <laughs> but, talking my language yeah, this, right now. I, I, that, I, that's a fun mix. Maybe maybe if you're going crazy, you make it. You have your own soft serve at home. You go for it. Yeah, a Sunday bar, soft yeah. serve at home. That is an excellent yeah, call. A Sunday yeah. bar. Um, chef Mike Pijo, managing partner and executive chef at Pat and Betty. 
I just wanted to ask because uh, before we let you go about Pat and Betty, um, just the origin about it. Because uh, I I brought my parents there to meet my girlfriend's parents for the very first time, and it kind of ties into the theme or the reasoning behind the restaurant, if I'm not mistaken. Hundred percent. Yeah, uh, Pat is my my mom. Uh, she's in the food industry for a long time. Worked in grocery, and her whole family was in that. So. Uh, always inspired by those things growing up. And then my business partner, James, uh, his mom is Betty. Uh, and same awesome. thing, she, she, she was a pastry chef in the UK, uh, did a bunch of stuff in hospitality forever. And so just wanted to pay homage to them. And then, yeah, kind of in more like elevated atmosphere. So a little bit different than what we're offering for a Super Bowl piece. We don't, we don't have television <laughs> or anything I've had Betty, but uh, definitely from the bar scene from before, uh, I'm, I'm very passionate about that, that food piece as well. So uh, Chef Mike Pigeot, managing partner, executive chef at Pat and Betty. Uh, if you missed the segment... Uh, check out the podcast on Google, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, where you get your favorite podcatcher. Because Chef Mike was... Skip the dishes. He was, he was just dropping some serious knowledge on how to do ribs properly, Philly cheesesteak, wings, uh, nachos. Uh, check it all out. Chef Mike has you covered. Thanks for doing this. Let's do it again in the future. Uh, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. There he is. Uh, Chef Mike straight ahead. Arash Madani. From Super Bowl 57 in Glendale, Arizona. We'll tee up the game with him, and we'll ask him about the Beau Bichette three-year contract extension. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.